Welcome to the Building to Scale podcast, where we bring real entrepreneur stories that showcase the challenges and successes in building and scaling an entrepreneurial business. Our host, Jeff Chastain, is a business transformation coach with Admentis, where he coaches business leaders and their teams with a proven set of principles and tools helping them gain clarity in and get more of what they want from their business. Make sure to stick around until the end of the show and we will reveal how you can become our next guest. Welcome everybody, Jeff Chastain here with the Building to Scale podcast where I get the opportunity really just to talk with different entrepreneurial business leaders and share stories. I was talking with somebody actually a little bit earlier ago and it's just, it's always interesting to hear stories because even though we share a lot of the same business lines, a lot of the same kind of struggles and everything. Everybody approaches it from a different perspective. So today with me, I have Miss Lori Stack with Launch X. It's a, actually, this will be a little bit interesting because she works with a, or runs a entrepreneurship program up in the, the Northeast, really teaching high school kids about entrepreneurship. So I'm, I'm interested to hear both her business story as, as well as uh, what she's teaching kids and what she's seen from the kids' perspective. So First off, I guess, welcome, Lori. Thank you for taking a bit out of your afternoon here to come talk to us and tell us a little bit more about yourself, about the company. Hey, well, thanks for having me, Jeff. Um, gosh, a little bit about me and background, everything. Uh, so I know I know for me, when I was in high school, I had so much ambition, drive, creativity, wanted to take on the world. And <laughs> adults would always say, oh, you're going to do great things someday. When you have a degree and some experience, you're going to do amazing things. Uh, so yeah, I, I buckled down and, you know, got my fancy degrees. Uh, my undergrad was MIT. And so my first jobs out of undergrad, you know, I remember being asked to take initiative on projects, creatively problem solve, make decisions without that perfect information of homework. And it was very different. <laughs> and, and not <laughs> yeah. just that, but this MIT girl, I felt like I should have all the answers. I was being hired because I was smart. So there was almost this kind of like reluctance to even ask questions or um, to, to really put myself out there. Uh, and so it wasn't until a number of years later and, um, you know, a number of different jobs. I refer to that period of my life as my career ADD, <laughs> going from working at BMW's design studio and GE's commercial leadership program, um, management consulting right after business school to then reflecting back and thinking about those two problems and saying, gosh, entrepreneurship education would be the perfect answer to both of these things, both preparing students with those real skills and mindset for their futures, but also believing that they're capable of great things now. And so LaunchX is, as you said, this entrepreneurship program for high school students uh, held as a summer program at some top universities and brings together students from around the US and world to those universities during the summer to start real companies. Uh, and they, they really are real companies. It's been amazing to see uh, the, the types of things that students start, but then also their just phenomenal growth uh, from, from going through the program. Now, that sounds like a lot of fun, honestly. So I'm curious, it, it sounds like, honestly, very similar kind of upbringing kind of a thing there that coming out of school, going through the degree, going into effectively corporate America at that point, did you kind of always yeah, you mentioned having, you're going to do great things kind of a thing, but did you have the entrepreneurial side or were you still more the expectation that, hey, I'm going to go do great things inside of corporate America, big, big companies? Uh, so a little bit of both, I guess. I had that entrepreneurial spirit growing up, uh, but I didn't really know what an entrepreneur was. So absolutely, I 
um, had a, a little like mini business when, when I was in fifth grade that uh, <laughs> I sold purses to my classmates that I, you know, contract manufactured my mom for 10 bucks each and sold them at school for 20 bucks each. So oh, man. thank you to my mom for being my first employee. Uh, and then, you know, middle school, my brother and I starting a little mini business of if anybody rollerbladed back in the day, that was cool. We, we made grind plates for rollerblades, somehow managed to pour molten aluminum in our garage without losing a limb or anything. <laughs> but all of these things without knowing what an entrepreneur was. So I absolutely had that spirit. But when people would ask me, you know, in high school and such what I wanted to be, it was a CEO. Because I, I knew that I wanted to kind of work my way into running that. And so that's why my first job out of undergrad was at GE, because what better place for my age to become a CEO than to, to learn from the best place, right? I read all the books by Jack Welsh before even starting that job. I was, I was ready to work my way up that corporate ladder. So I just hadn't quite connected the dots yet of what I wanted out of my long-term career and how I was going to do that. And I think that's also a, a challenge that a lot of people have now. They think, oh, I like math and science, therefore engineering, or I like X, Y, Z, therefore that means this job without necessarily thinking through, does that mean a bigger company or smaller company? Does that mean this type of work environment or industry or, or other settings? And so, yeah, I had that entrepreneurial spirit. I thought that was going to be through corporate America because that was the way to do things. Uh, and it just took me a little while to realize that uh, entrepreneurship was a thing. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, like I said, I was I was the same way. I, that was kind of the expectation. You go out into corporate America, you get the the big job kind of a thing there. And that, that was really my family upbringing was the corporate America side. But it 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 took me probably seven, eight years in corporate America to figure out, OK, this was not a good fit for me. So I'm I'm curious what what that catalyst was that said, hey, let's let's go out and start something new. Let's go start our our own business here rather than following this corporate ladder path, even though it sounds like you did several big corporations, at least between GE and BMW and several others there. Yeah. And as far as the, the catalyst, I mean, I, I spent a couple of years at each of those different companies and, you know, in, enjoyed my time at each of them. And I, I felt like as I progressed through each of them, there was this piece of me that, um, you know, was kind of growing from, you know, whether it was at BMW's design studio, I, I went into mechanical engineering because I love this idea that you could dream something up and have it in your hands a few hours later. Like how cool is that, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I, I was doing that at a design studio. That was awesome. But after a little while, I don't know, I just kind of had this little inkling that that wasn't enough. I wanted to do it on a bigger scale. And so that somehow bent being, being able to do that for companies. So management consulting, like helping them be able to solve these bigger problems. And then after a while, it's like, and eh, that wasn't quite enough. Needed to do it for myself and then help other people, like students, be able to do that from the ground up. And so sometimes people even ask, well, Lori, engineering versus business. And to me, it's like, there's, they're not two separate things. They're both this, this mindset of problem solving that kind of transitioned from one to the other for me. And I think that that can be um, a, a different transition for other people. And so, so then when I was a management consultant, I actually really loved that job, had not planned on leaving it, but it was just a discussion over brunch one day with a friend where it was, it was very much what I was mentioning early on in the call, this, you know, man, when I was in high school, had, had all of this spirit, it's taken so long for me to kind of build that confidence mindset that I felt like I had then 
and to, to figure out, um, you know, my way in the workplace, because every job talks about that kind of on the job training of figuring out how to support their employees with those skills and mindset and initiative. And it's challenging. But right now, a lot of the education system is more about memorizing and, and understanding these foundational things that especially with admin, with the internet never like we can look up so much of that. So education really should be more about this like entrepreneurial mindset, being able to take initiative, adapt, uh, collaborate, these other kind of skills mindset that that don't require just a knowledge base. You can get a knowledge base in a lot of ways. Um, so I mean I, I know a lot of people think of starting a company as this light bulb moment. It was a it was a discussion that I was like, that's kind of cool. <laughs> I'll do a bit more research. And it just snowballed. And the more it snowballed, I do refer to it as what I call like professional enlightenment. <laughs> uh, I didn't think that you could get so much from work because I was very happy in, in my career before this, but it just didn't have the same level of meaning as running my own company and making the impact in students' lives that I'm able to now. Yeah, and I think a lot of that comes back to actually just right there what you said is just having that impact. How can you, what, what's your longer term, what's your legacy kind of a thing, but still how can you have that impact? And that's honestly, that was to me one of the issues of getting out of corporate America was it's like, I'm just here, a cog in a machine moving things forward. What, what's the real impact here? And it, it works perfectly fine for some people, but for those that kind of have that, that entrepreneurial kind of gene right there, it, it's a struggle at that point because you're really saying, okay, I want something more. How do I make a difference there? And it sounds like that's kind of the, the path, at least you were going along there with it. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm curious, you said it, you made the comment about uh, learning on the fly or learning on the job kind of a thing there. How is that transition to now building a business and being the CEO kind of a thing? Yeah, gosh, um, there are, there's, especially in those first few years, learning on the job constantly. Yep. <laughs> Uh, and, and even, um, I mean, I can even connect this to, to what we were just talking about, about, you know, like wanting to needing to have that, the impact and meaning, uh, cause I think there are people who go into entrepreneurship because, you know, they, they think it's just like a cool idea or, um, it's this like sexy new thing, but without having something that you feel is going to be meaningful or impactful, uh, it's really hard to stick with it. And I know for me, even in that in that first year, there were just a lot of moments that you kind of have to build out these mental decision trees and say, okay, what, what really is gonna be the thing that matters the most? And I know for, for something like an entrepreneurship education program, we wanted to have a, a top brand. And so a top brand in this space means bringing together a lot of awesome like-minded students uh, and, and, and really to be able to have that really amazing community an amazing community means that we need to be able to be a little bit selective about the students that we admit. So we need to have a high number of applicants. So high number of applicants to be able to be selective because I mean, quantity does end up correlating to quality some yeah. in that regard. So everything kind of goes towards, towards that. But in that first year, I mean, early and regular application round, we knew what numbers we needed to hit early application round, I think we had a target of it being somewhere in the like 70 to 90 applicants. There were only five. <laughs> and granted by like, I'll go ahead and, and, and like spoiler, like 
regular applications, we got it up to where, where we wanted needed it to be. But I think a lot of people, when they have those early things, they, um, they use that as an opportunity to put one foot out the door, or they might already have one foot out the door if it's not meaningful and impactful enough for them. And essentially what, what I did early on was to say, all right, that early application round essentially is, is only for learning to say what things are and are not working. And so then where else do I need to set up tracking? What other things do I need to really start hustling on? And I, I think that's the kind of important things early on to, <laughs> to learn. Because yeah, every single day is learning for those, especially those first few years, whether it's learning what is and isn't working. And then later on, it's you know, bringing on other people, recognizing that your role as this founder CEO is, I mean, in a lot of ways on the, the, the bottom of the ladder, you're supporting great people. <laughs> so bringing on really phenomenal people and knowing what good people are um, for your organization. So it's just, yeah, absolutely. Every day there's, there's learning, uh, but knowing what that learning needs to be, what type of learning you want to be doing and what the metrics are that matter for your company is really important to understand and internalize early on. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. You mentioned learning because yeah, to me, it's, it's a constant learning. There's always new things to learn. It's like as much as I've been been in this field, I just picked up three new books this week. And I think it's, it's always, always something else to learn. And it's, going back to the students kind of mentality, it's you, you hear them in school, like, there's no reason I need to learn biology. There's no reason I need to learn French, whatever the kind of thing is like the subject matter is not necessarily the reason at that point, it's teaching you how to learn. And they're not quite getting the, the idea that, okay, just because you graduated high school or just because you graduated college, learning doesn't stop there. That's, that's just the beginning. What we're trying to teach you here is how to learn, not necessarily so much the material at that point. So, but yeah, I'm, I expect you're probably seeing that some with the students of trying to get the critical thinking in there. It's like, okay, think for yourself. Don't, like you said earlier, it's, this is not about memorization. You can, you can go memorize all the bones in the body and yeah, you probably never use that piece of knowledge again, but still it's, it's gotta be more about the, the critical thinking side, which it goes back into business to me. It's like, okay, how are you making those decisions? The fact that, okay, we only had five applicants. Why go, go back and study that, not just take it as, as a number and, give up or do whatever kind of thing. You got to really look at the why and the, the things behind it. So I'm, I'm curious how, how you're kind of trying to mold that or how you're trying to put that into play with the, the students there of that, that critical thinking aspect. Yeah, gosh. Um, so we, I mean, they go through the entire entrepreneurial process throughout the summer. So from opportunity identification, market research, um, prototyping, strategy, branding, go to market, operations, finance is pitching. I'm sure I'm missing pieces in there, but. <laughs> There's a lot to running a business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, throughout that, yeah, they, they go through that entire process. Uh, and as far as, you know, the, the critical thinking skills throughout that, I mean, it's, I think a lot of it comes down to ensuring that we're kind of teaching them that there's really no right and wrong answer, right? Because I, I think that's, um, I mean, as I kind of alluded to earlier, that was that weird transition between, you know, school Lori and then like going to real real world. It's like, I just wanted this like multiple choice 
tests and then like to know the right answer and then be like, all right, Laura, you got the right answer. And that's not the way the real world works. Yeah. But that's what I love about entrepreneurship education is that we essentially just encourage students to have this understanding of, okay, what's the, what's the problem you're trying to solve? What does that mean for this kind of trajectory you're on? And then understand that there's going to be a lot of ups and downs along the way. And part of that up and down means that, yeah, throughout it, there's times you might be wrong about who your customer is, where you're finding them, aspects of what you should be integrating into your offering or not. Basically, you've got to set up, set up ways to test all of that and figure those pieces out um, because that's, that's essentially the way the real world works in general. <laughs> and like, I think that's where the critical thinking really comes from is, is being able to say, all right, what are the, what are the important things? Like, how do I set those up? Uh, and then how do I, how do I adjust from that? Like, like what is, what is this data telling me? Like when I do actually collect it and I see it, okay, is this telling me that this should be our customer instead of this one? And, and so building that kind of mindset in when there's, when there's aren't clear answers uh, is, is really valuable. Yeah. <laughs> and part of, part of the way we do that is of course, through them actually starting their companies, but also through, um, I mean, just case studies uh, as well as, um, I mean, just, teaching them how to be able to set all of this stuff up. Um, so they're actually going as far process. as they're actually going as far as building and launching the company. This is not just theoretical. It's real. Yeah. <laughs> like wow. we've had students, we've had students uh, continue to go on to, you know, generate significant revenue, do fundraising. We've had a student on shark tank. Uh, some students exit, like have exits of their company, like sell their companies. Um, had students write books on entrepreneurship, do TEDx talks, all kinds of amazing things. Oh, which, nice. <laughs> I mean, certainly I'm proud of everything they do as, you know, for their startups. Uh, I know the way I think about it is, is more about like we create entrepreneurs because <laughs> uh, I mean, a lot of them do start additional companies. And so it is like that skill and mindset that I think is extremely important. So I'm curious, do you basically expect everything from the students wise that they're going to be business owners or do you still see this as preparing them for still being able to go work for somebody else as well. Um, I mean, we're, we're hopeful that a lot of them are going to be entrepreneurs. <laughs> uh, but also if, if it is something that it's not the right path for them, then, you know, that like we understand. Um, and if in the case that they're, they're ultimately, you know, not going to be business owners, not going to be entrepreneurs, uh, our hope for for those along that path are at least taking, uh, like, are at least the kind of what what you might call an intrapreneur, <laughs> taking yeah. that entrepreneurial initiative within companies, right? And so we we have started getting to the point that there's some alumni that have graduated college and such. So it's been it's been kind of cool to see the roles that they've started taking on, whether it be some roles in startups, some roles that are in big organizations, some running their own companies. Uh, so it really has been across the range. Um, and yeah, we'll be continuing to track them and, and see uh, what kind of exciting growth and development they have. But hopefully a lot of awesome entrepreneurs that are impacting our economy, especially 
especially in the near term here. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's interesting. I, it was actually a, a book that uh, Donald Miller just put out recently. It was Business Made Simple, but he's the way he's pitching or the way he talks about it in the book is that, yeah, it's you can be the CEO, but at the same time, for that small to mid-sized, still entrepreneurial kind of driven organization, you've got a a leadership team, you've got management, et cetera, that still has to have kind of that entrepreneurial drive, understand really what happens in the business. So they understand that, okay, just because I'm over in manufacturing, over in operations or whatever, I still kind of know what's going on in sales and marketing, the way things are flowing through. I understand business in general because it is still a small enough organization typically in that still at SMB type range that just because you're not the CEO doesn't necessarily mean you got to wear multiple hats or figure things out here. Yeah. And uh, we've even had, I remember even in the early years of this, uh, I remember one of the parents coming up to me and saying, my student just learned more in the few weeks of this program than I learned in my two years of MBA. (laughs) And the reason I bring that up is that, I mean, a lot of people do an MBA to be able to get that cross-functional knowledge so that they can work across the organization and, and know it well enough, right? So that you have seen P&Ls uh, or, or profit and loss statements. So that then you can at least like communicate with the accountants or you have seen well enough how things work in the marketing department so that as you are coordinating across with that department or if you, you are running a company, I mean, early on you might be wearing a lot of hats, but then as you grow, you'll need to be managing those people and need to be able to speak their language. Yeah. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Having that bit of like cross-functional knowledge is just invaluable. And yeah, one way of thinking about it is kind of like as you start a company, you're getting a mini MBA. You're you're learning everything in those early years when you're doing everything. <laughs> well, that's, I was actually going to ask you because I saw in your profile that you had an MBA from Harvard. I was curious how that equated to now being in real life and this actually experiencing another thing here is book knowledge versus experience. Did it did it equate? Because a lot of times that's kind of what I equate to people. It's like, yeah, entrepreneurship is, is learning your MBA here, that this is the real world of it, not the book education knowledge of it. Yeah, um, I, I think it is putting into practice a lot of the things that I learned from business school. And, and I have to say, um, business school was really helpful for being able to get that assertion of decisiveness that especially as someone with an engineering background Uh, I struggled with a bit before. And I think a lot of people struggle with whether they're engineering background or not. Um, But a lot of us do want to have that confidence in our decision, right? We want to know that there's a 100% right answer. And especially the engineer in me was like looking for statistical significance. Like I, I I wanted to be assured. But what I loved about HBS and especially the case study method is that you know, you'd come into class, you'd have read something, you'd be like, all right, here's what the protagonist should do. But then you sit in class and half the people are arguing that the protagonist should do A, the other half arguing that he should do B, but for very different reasons, right? Like even, even the people on the same side would be for different reasons. There'd be the person who's a little bit more like social impact mindset, a little bit more like capitalist perspective. And I realized like, that's all we can really hope for, for ourselves or our companies to have kind of alignment of our decisions that makes sense for us. Because after a while, you could almost like predict what certain people in the class would say. <laughs> but here's the thing, at the end of class, the professor wouldn't say like, oh, here's who's right, you know, path A or path B, because there is no right or wrong. The first few weeks, this was insanely frustrating, but after a while, it was really comforting. It was comforting because there is no right or wrong answer. There's yeah. just having that alignment. 
And I, I think that's also what we try to emphasize to the students, like through going through this process, through having a bit of like case study method here and there, um, is that there's there's really no right or wrong answer once once you get in, out into the real world. Uh, and so yeah, as it pertains to like business school v starting the company, I think it it was figuring out putting that into practice and becoming more comfortable with that decision making without with the absence of perfect information. Because let's face it, there's there's never perfect information. I think a good example of it is actually having to adapt in the face of the pandemic. So um, especially for us, we, we had been running the program at university campuses. Uh, so MIT, University of Michigan, Northwestern, and uh, University of Pennsylvania. And, you know, March of last year, everything is, is shutting down. Uh, but I think like we actually announced a little bit earlier um, that we were planning on doing an online program. Because essentially when you're in a position like this, that one of your main partners, like you are on campus with your main partner, you're, you're very reliant on them and their decision-making. Uh, but we realized that we needed to take back a little bit of control and ownership of our own decision-making. And I think that's something that can be really uncomfortable. A lot of people wanna wait until their hand is kind of forced until there is that 100% certainty. But I think it shows a lot of strategic leadership and gives your customers a lot of confidence if you are able to make decisions from that position of power and be able to say like, don't worry customers, we got you. <laughs> um, like, I know this is a scary time for everybody, but we're, we're gonna make sure to support you. Uh, and then similarly this year, we, we made a decision way back in October uh, because we looked at a few key indicators. About a third of our base is international. We didn't see international travel letting up. Even, even with projections of the vaccine, I mean, essentially, I've mentioned, you know, our, our community is amazing. Bringing together these like-minded students that are just like, want to innovate and build something cool. Like that's, that's a, one of the huge pieces of value and power of LaunchX. And the moment we would have to put in a million restrictions to say, oh, come together. Oh, but stay apart. Yeah, <laughs> that, that undermines the messaging. And so we thought long and hard and we just said there, there's really not a way that by summer 2021, there wouldn't be huge restrictions of, of needing to say like, come together, but don't. No. <laughs> so we made, we made that decision early. And I think, I think things like that really show a lot of, a lot of strength to, to customers. Well, it does. And like you said, following the numbers for sure important, but even still to me, that's, it's a life lesson right there that, okay, we're seeing a lot of businesses operate that way now. It's, it's no longer everybody in the same garage or in the same office or whatever. Now, if nothing else, you're, you're dealing with remote offices, you're dealing with companies that are operated around the world kind of a thing. So it's, it's almost yet another lesson for them. It's like, okay, how do you communicate with somebody remotely that we've got Luckily, much better technology than we would have had doing this five or 10 years ago, but still it, it brings its own challenges because it's, it's a different relationship for sitting next to somebody at a, a table or a, a whatever than trying to do remote and the, the technology challenges, the communication challenges, everything that comes involved, but it's still a real world situation that honestly, I don't think is going away. I think we'll probably slide back. The pendulum will come back a little bit, but I don't expect it to go back the other way. I've seen 
myself, just too many companies that said, wait a minute, why aren't we dropping a million dollars in real estate costs every year when business has actually done better the last year when we've been all remote kind of thing? Well, why are we spending that much on the bottom line? So I suspect we'll see a lot of that there. So it's interesting there that you bring that up. Yeah. So I'm curious. Uh, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I'm just curious what you're, so obviously running into stuff like that, but what's, what's the, the future plan look like for, for LaunchX right there? What, what's, what's your longer term strategy? Yeah. So, I mean, certainly we'll, we'll need to assess what things will look like summer 2022 and then beyond from there. Uh, we've definitely, uh, in addition to then, you know, assessing what the right balance of potent, of, of in-person versus virtual online might be going forward, and we've gotten we've gotten such great pull from a number of different directions of, you know, asking to expand internationally, asking to expand and have programs during the year, asking to expand to other age groups. Uh, so as we get back to what we think things are going to be looking like going forward, uh, we're we're starting to assess, you know, like where are some of those pulls and demand the largest. Um, what what are the expectations of students in terms of wanting to have something like this, which is, you know, an, an optional educational thing, but an exciting one, <laughs> but an optional one, like, are they wanting that to be more so in person, online? What kind of opportunities will that present? So in the process of doing some of that kind of analysis to see which of those growth opportunities is gonna be most exciting, but certainly over the next, you know, one, three, five years, there'll be, you know, ensuring that we get back to in-person plus some balance, exploring some of those growth opportunities. Uh, and, and really at our core, I think a lot of what we try to do is um, increase the like confidence and visibility of some of these young entrepreneurs to then get, get more interested and excited. Um, I am glad that in the last 10 years, entrepreneurship has become a more exciting thing. I think part of the reason that it's become more exciting is because there are cool people to look up to in general, right? Like the, a lot of people I like idolize and look up to some, some pretty great companies. Uh, it becomes even more attainable, accessible, exciting. The more that these students see a pathway for themselves. Yeah. And so versus just having say like a Mark Zuckerberg who did it in college. Okay. Like they, I think need to see a few more pathways for themselves personally um, that, that allow them to get a little bit more excited. So we, we really want to ensure that as we think about these additional extensions, that it's, it's all supporting more high school entrepreneurship excitement uh, and getting, getting more of them to be able to make cool things, build cool things and, you know, preparing more of them for their futures as well. No, it's 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 fun. Like I said, just from the the bit of work and mine's not necessarily been on entrepreneurship, but still just that bit of work with the high school kids and trying to get them get them that critical thinking. It's to me that's the keys for the future. They're they're the ones that are going to be running the new companies here soon, kind of a thing. So the the better they can get prepared and and hopefully build some fun things for us, it'll it'll be great. So thoroughly appreciate the the conversation. I, I keep going with it, kind of thing, but I. I can't go forever, but um, always like kind of coming back and we didn't necessarily talk about so much of the aspects of your building launch X, but I always like coming back and saying, okay, I think you said nine years or so starting this company. If there was anything that came to mind right off of saying, Hey, if I had just tried this sooner, done this sooner, lessons learned kind of thing, anything come to come to mind? 
Um, let's see here. As far as biggest lesson learned, um, biggest advice that I'd have for other people as, as they set out, um, I think just really early on kind of challenging yourself with asking, what is this, what does this look like if I were to double, triple, five X, 10 X and across all different aspects of what would it take for staff operations, financials, like, like what does that look like? Uh, and the, and the more you get in the habit of doing things like that and challenging yourself and especially your kind of like core thought leader team <laughs> to do things like that, the more it can help you think through, all right, are there partnerships we need to be developing now? Are there tools we need to be starting to build, build into our systems now? And it also starts to help you value your time as an entrepreneur earlier because <laughs> you start to realize, all right, there's things I need to start getting off my plate if this is how things are going to look if we double. Uh, because there were there were definitely times that I think I, I overextended myself. <laughs> so the more that you can just start building in that bit of mindset of like, all right, let's let's prepare for what this will look like, um, and and really valuing your time throughout that process. I, I think a lot of us entrepreneurs can be really scrappy and so want to save, you know, like a hundred bucks here and there. But as you grow, if you can pay a hundred bucks here and there to make problems go away quickly and easily or even a thousand dollars sometimes like money buys time. <laughs> it, it definitely does. And that's, I was saying, that's one I struggle with. And I, I see a lot of people struggling with kind of a thing is getting that stuff off your plate that, yeah, it's, it's the delegation aspect. That's one of the themes I hear all the time with, with uh, guests here, but it's, it's the idea that it, it's going to take me two or three hours to train that person. It only takes me 15 minutes to do it right now, but they're not looking the bigger picture, the bigger long-term. But even talking about that bigger picture, I, I love that because that's, to me, that's what gets the rest of the company, the rest of the team excited to say, okay, we really do have this big, uh, big vision out there. It's the, the Elon Musk that it, today going to Mars doesn't sound quite as big. It's, it's getting to be closer to reality kind of thing. But even if you think just a couple of years ago of saying, put a man on Mars, that's, that's huge kind of thing. But at the same time, it's given him the publicity side outside, but it's also really united his team and has people buying in on that vision right there. So having that that bigger term vision, a lot of times I'll question companies like, okay, if you're not at least a little bit unsure that your vision's even possible, it's not big enough at that point. You got to go bigger. You got to get something bigger out there and really have that there. That That's that's what gets people excited there. So I, I can see that for sure with what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And just having everybody on the, like, like you said, having people on the team feel like they're part of that conversation, I think really helps because then they have to start critically thinking about, okay, what, what would that mean for these different parts of the organization? What would that mean for me? And yeah, I, I think that's an exciting conversation to have with everybody. Yeah. Now it's, it reminds me the, the, the JFK story of, of uh, walking through NASA one night, kind of a thing touring last after, after hours and came across the janitor sitting there sweeping the floor and introduced himself. Hey, what's your name? And what do you do here? And instead of saying he's swept the floors, he's I'm helping put a man on the moon at that point. So he was, it was that idea of yes, even though it's just janitorial sweeping the floors, it's a critical piece of making sure the bigger picture, the bigger operation works. So yeah, that's, that's really having that buy-in with people is honestly what's going to get you moving forward that much faster. If you got people holding you back, people don't believe in the vision, whatnot, then they're not helping propel the, the company forward. So 
Well, I really appreciate the the insights, really appreciate the wisdom. And for that matter, really appreciate helping with the kids on that kind of thing there. Cause that's, I, I wish there was more of that even back when, when we were in school kind of a thing that just, it wasn't there. So looking forward to the future on that one. But if people want to come learn more about Launch X and launch about yourself kind of a thing, where's the, where's the best resources for them to come find you? Yeah. So, uh, LaunchX.com is our website, uh, so just L-A-U-N-C-H-X.com. Uh, and for summer 2021, we have closed admissions already. We have our, our, our class for that, so a bit late to be applying for anybody this year. Uh, but we do have an interest form up, and that'll you know redirect to, um, we'll be able to, to have folks start applying for summer 2022 in the fall. Uh, although I know they're also some awesome entrepreneurs that, that listen in on this podcast. And we are always looking for great mentors for our students for the summer. So if, if it sounds exciting to just see what these cool, awesome, innovative high school students are up to, we would love to have mentors to the program as well. Uh, so after you check out launchx.com, um, just shoot us an email at info at launchx.com uh, if interested in being a mentor for the summer. Oh, very cool. Yeah, it's always... That's so one thing I'm always coaching business on. Figure out a way to give back, figure out a way to go back and, and reinvest, even if it's another entrepreneur that's just a couple of steps behind, or in this case, kids. So that sounds like fun right there. So, all right. Well, I'm, I'm interested. I've got a couple of kids myself, so I'm going to go check it out and see. But yeah, definitely looking forward to hearing good things in the future. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jeff. It was great being on. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Building to Scale podcast. If you would like to share your entrepreneurial business growth story, please visit buildingtoscale.com slash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you do both us and our guest a favor and share it on your social media accounts? Don't forget to hit subscribe in your player so that you don't miss any future episodes and make sure to reach out to Jeff Chastain on any of the major social media networks or check us out at admentis.com.